I enjoy going out and riding the bike. That's why I was just going out on a Sunday night after dinner, short ride. We failed uh, to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends. Now, their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. I'm a man! I'm 40! And to make presumptions like you all make really, really upsets me. It, it really does. I mean, it's so unfair. You don't need to write about that. There's so many more good things that you can write about happening around here that people would be interested in. I'd love to see somebody do a little bit of research and figure it out. It really do my heart good. Hello and welcome to Championship Week, Dr. Saturday podcast. I am Graham Watson here with Nick Bromberg, and this is it. This is for all the college football playoff marvels, unless Navy throws a wrench in it, which it will. Navy. We're all going to be waiting on Navy uh, to see what the midshipmen do. If the midshipmen win this weekend, well, then we have nothing but playoff chaos. Not really playoff chaos, but bowl chaos, mostly in the group of five. All sorts of drama, but hey, um, that's what we like about this game. You know, the chaos, the drama. I'm trying to figure out, is Navy, obviously in the last three years I think it has to be, but just going back as far as I can remember, is Navy the team entering the last week of the season that potentially has the biggest like gap between worst case bowl scenario and best case bowl scenario because you've got the best case bowl scenario being navy goes they're going to dallas either way mm-hmm. um, so you've got navy either going to the cotton bowl or they're going to the armed forces bowl the gap but it's like not like you know <laughs> navy's going to the citrus bowl if it loses you know, this is a this is a wide berth here yeah I'll say a wide berth i i agree i agree and, and good on navy you know with a backup quarterback I mean, I guess you can't really call him a backup quarterback now, but, you know, Will Worth has been pretty amazing this year. He's their, he's their leading rusher. Um, they're, they've they've shocked the world. And, you know, yesterday on Tuesday when Kirby Hokut is, is saying, you know, well, Western Michigan, you know, they only have two wins over teams with winning records and, you know, their strength of schedule is, is a problem for us and Navy has three quality wins. Well, if they beat Temple, that'll be four quality wins. I just want to say this about the whole beef about, uh, about Western Michigan only having uh, two wins against teams with winning records. Louisville has... was number three in the rankings two weeks ago and had one win over a team with winning records when it went right now has has one win over a team with a winning record i'm just saying and it was number three i'm just saying before before we get speaking of louisville and this is a good transition to a question i wanted to ask uh before we get into the championship discussion um the playoff discussion do you think florida state being one spot ahead of louisville is justified despite the beatdown louisville gave florida state yes because florida state is playing better than Louisville is right now. Florida State's, Florida State's playing a weaker schedule than Louisville is right now. Eh, well, you know, Kentucky, you can debate the merits of whether Kentucky is weak or not. <laughs> you, no, Kentucky's not weak. That's what I'm saying. Kentucky is, is a team that's improved over the course of the season. You know, Florida State, you've got a, a Florida team that the offense is clearly but lacking. Florida is playing that. in their conference championship game. Kentucky is not. Right, because Florida beat Kentucky at the beginning of the season. But right now, I think Kentucky is a competitive team to Florida. But at the same time, can you can we sit here and sit here and play the trans, transitive property game with Kentucky and Florida, 
and totally disregard a 43-point loss. To me, that's stupid. I, I think this is a situation where if Florida State beats Louisville in our Louisville beats Florida State in October. Mm-hmm. Not September 17th. They beat them on October 17th. We are not having this discussion right now. The committee is falling for the recency bias that plagued the BCS. Yep, and that's the same that's the same argument that people are trying to make with Colorado and Michigan. Colorado beats Washington, it will have the best win of the weekend, the the highest ranked win of the weekend, and people are saying that it deserves to if if somebody else were well, if Washington when Washington falls out, that it deserves to take Washington's place instead of Michigan, despite the fact that Michigan beat Colorado because it happened early in the year, Cephalufau was hurt. Uh, there were a whole other, a lot of other factors. Uh, you know, it, it's the same thing you're saying about the Florida State-Louisville game, how it was early in the season, so people are like, eh, it was early in the season. And same thing with Colorado-Michigan, early in the season. So, And Colorado's won, I don't know how many straight, but it's it's won quite a few straight games here. Um, and so, I don't know. There's, there's definitely, there's, th- it's going to be interesting. It's really going to be interesting how the top four play out. Um, if, if... Clemson and, and Washington lose. To take your to take your Colorado argument a step further, mm-hmm. what do you do? Washington beats Colorado. Colorado's at ten and three. USC's at nine and three. USC beat Colorado in a game that Cepho was injured in, so he only th- attempted three passes. How do you view that, especially within the prism of Florida State and Louisville? I have to think that Colorado's not going to be penalized. They're eight, three spots from eight to eleven. I happen to think that Colorado at ten and three. Even though we love USC right now, clearly the, the committee does too. Um, you know, we're looking at a situation where I think Colorado would probably be like ten, and USC would be eleven. Yeah. Um, and go from there. And who doesn't because... want to see Ralphie run at the Rose Bowl? Come on now. Right. Exactly. Come on now. Who doesn't want to see a Buffalo run at the Rose Bowl? I think we all want to see that, and the committee better make it happen. If if Colorado loses, otherwise, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, Colorado will be playing in the playoff. Oh, there we go. And Ralphie will run in the playoff, which would be even better. I don't know. I'm, I'm all for a big, giant buffalo mascot running the grounds of the Rose Bowl, as opposed to a horse and a dude dressed up like 300. I'm just saying. That's just me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I don't, I'm cool with that. I think, I think even more intriguing than that will be the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten is just it's just such a... a cluster of teams there i mean what do you feel about ohio state i mean this is this is the big talk right now ohio state will be the first team to not win its conference championship to play in the playoff i don't know how i feel about that i mean because what's the point of having a conference championship what's the point of trying to get to your conference championship if if it doesn't if it doesn't mean anything if it's not going to get you a spot in the playoff uh, you know, Ohio State is saying, well, and, and Ohio State has been making this case for weeks now, that, well, even if we don't make our conference championship, we still deserve to go. Why? You didn't do the things. All these other teams, see, and, and the worst part about that is this. All these other teams that are playing this weekend, like Washington, like Clemson, Alabama, this it won't, it won't uh, be Alabama's issue, but Clemson and Washington will fall out of the rankings because they're having to play this, if, if they lose this extra game. Ohio State doesn't have to worry about that because they don't have the extra game. Would you, would you have the same feeling if there was a three-team tie scenario that would have gotten Michigan into the conference championship game despite a head-to-head loss to Ohio State in the final week of the regular season? Mm. No. Well, I mean, I, I still would have had the same feeling about play for your conference championship game. You know what? Win your games! 
even even in a tie-breaking scenario, there was still a game lost in there somewhere. Win your games. Right, and Ohio State has won more than more games than Penn State. Okay, well, but it's not in your championship. I don't care if if okay. Here's my thinking. Here's my thinking. You could say that, but I mean, okay. The Big Twelve won its games in 2014, and look what look what happened. Yeah, to them. but that was a strength of schedule deal. Um, because I mean, she, Baylor Baylor stockpiled you know the little sisters of the poor to borrow an Ohio State phrase there. Um. And won their games in the and you know jumped out to a, a a three win lead on everybody. So my thinking is this: if you're going to the committee in its bylaws said that preference is given, or that that it's not preference, but they say that they strongly um, favor. Uh, I'm not wording it right, but strongly favor conference champions. But being a conference champion is not necessary. Um, then you know why? What's the point? What's the point of even trying for your conference championship? You know, you could win all your games, and another team could win all their games. You lose that final game at the end of the year, a la Michigan. You know, all of your conference games is what I mean. And you're out. And so you're like, oh, oh, well, but I don't have to play that other game where I possibly could have lost and found myself slipping even further down the standings. Um, I think I can turn that argument on its head, though by what's the point of playing for a conference championship game by Western Michigan. You can only, again, here's the thing. You can only play for who you, who you have in your conference. Western Michigan would have, potentially, if they win Friday night against Ohio, will have a conference championship in an undefeated season, and they were they did the anti-Baylor from 2014 and went out and found decent teams to play in the non-conference schedule, or at least, you know, good teams that would play them. And they go 14-0, and they have absolutely no shot of sniffing the playoff. And I'm not, I don't necessarily think I'm arguing for Western Michigan to be in the playoff. But that being said, if conference championships are so ultimately important, why aren't the Broncos getting more love than they are? Oh, I agree, and they're undefeated, and they're one of only two undefeated teams in the country. I think at the very least they should play in the Cotton Bowl, regardless of what happens. That's not going to happen. I think we all know, like we all... From the minute Kirby O got started talking about it, we all knew that Western Michigan was totally going to be screwed on this. We all did. Um, and, you know, if you go by strength of schedule, there's just so many criteria and it changes like hourly. I, it's it's a frustrating, I, I understand, and this is something I've said multiple times on this on this podcast. I understand the frustration with the committee because it's not consistent. Its rules for some teams aren't the same as the rules for other teams. Like I said, with the whole Western Michigan's only beaten two teams with a winning record argument, and then you looked at Louisville, and Louisville has one team with a winning record. One win against one team with a winning record, and that's Florida State. And and two, loss, two losses to... I don't know that Houston is a good loss. I don't know that you could say Houston is a good loss. Houston, you know, SMU beat Houston. I'm not sure you could say Houston is a good loss, and you sure as hell can't say Kentucky's a good loss. If you were the, you know, if you were considered at one point just two weeks ago the number three team in the country, I'm just saying it, it, it's just there's different standards for different teams. You know, why didn't Michigan fall further? Why didn't Michigan fall further? You know, oh. it's 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 funny that Houston's not a good loss for um, Louisville, but Houston's a not a bad loss for Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. But 
let's but when when Oklahoma lost to Houston, Houston was just starting the season. Nobody knew that it was going to be, you know, kind of mediocre, I guess. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's it's hard. Okay. Let me let me let me say this. It's hard. It's hard to rank teams. It really really is. Um, so I don't envy what the committee has had to do. That said, you need to show some sort of consistency. And through the first few years of this thing, this playoff, we have yet to see any sort of consistency. It's sort of this haphazard, let's throw some names against the wall, and who do we like best, and who's going to sell the most tickets, and who's going to draw the most TV ratings, and oh, let's put those teams together, done and done. That's why I think Washington won't get in, just saying. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Washington people. You're going to get in if you win. You are. You're gonna get in. Don't cry. Cause apoplectic. They're gonna win. No, no one's gonna watch. It's on New Year's Eve. So. <laughs> I don't know. I think if if everything stays static, the only team among the top four that can lose this weekend, <coughs> the only team that can lose this weekend is is Alabama. All right. Alabama can lose and still get into the playoff. All right. Let's let's just so Alabama and I guess Ohio State. Is there any? Do you see any scenario where Ohio State falls out? No. I, I don't because how do you how do you it, justify it? Why did you, you put can't just there? You, but it's you the same thing with TCU. I I know I know it's it's not the same thing with TCU, but it is the same thing with TCU because why the hell do you put them there if you're gonna just yank them back out? Why do right. you do you, it? You can't you can't justify it because you're not if there if there was a team at number five six seven eight however far down the line you want to go that had one loss, I can say totally say okay. And they had one more game to play. Ohio State, I can I can see this. You know, Clemson wins, Washington wins, and you have you have a Wisconsin or a Penn State team that's eleven and one and not ten and two, and they're the ones that jump in. I, I can see that. But since Ohio State is, we know for a fact Ohio State would enter the playoff with one loss. There is no way they can budge. And I think the same thing goes for Alabama being at twelve and zero. If somehow Florida pulls off the miracle of miracles. Alabama, with one loss, is going to have one of the four best records in the country, no matter which way you slice it. Right. And that's among Power 5 teams. I know I'm excluding Western Michigan, but for the purposes of this discussion, discussion, they are clearly excluded. They're behind a freaking four-loss Auburn team. Yes. Um, so, you know, you look at this and say, yeah, our final four could all enter with one loss. You could have two teams with one loss. You could have one team with one loss. But no matter what, if you have one team with one loss, it's going to be Ohio State. Mm. I Yeah. I, it's just, it's such a, again, we go back to consistency. Go back to that consistency argu- argument, you know. Uh, you, can, you can yell strength of schedule. You can yell this. You can yell that. Whatever. I just like to see some consistency. And I don't, I, I just don't understand putting a team in the top four and then yanking them back out. And whether that, whether that happens to Ohio State or not, we'll see. But, you know, the, the whole premise of that yanking TCU out was that they didn't play on the final weekend. Because you can't. That was the whole premise. You didn't no, play no, no, on no. the final weekend. Th- Ohio State's I not playing on the final weekend. They're not. But I think the only, the only way, the only way this crazy far-fetched scenario happens is Penn State goes and beats Wisconsin. Penn State pulls an Ohio State. And they go and beat Wisconsin just like Ohio State beat Wisconsin in 2014. I think that's the only way this even becomes a conversation. And even then, I don't think Penn State goes any higher than number five. But 
that's that's how it happens. If you get the two-loss team in the playoff, it's going to be Penn State because I don't think it can be Colorado because well, if, I don't think Colorado winning affects Ohio State because all Colorado winning does is just knock out Washington. Yeah. Okay. And you're not going to put in Michigan ahead in the playoff ahead of Ohio State. So, you know, you need you need a domino that directly affects Ohio State. And the only domino that directly affects Ohio State is Penn State blowing out Wisconsin. Because if Wisconsin blows out Penn State, Ohio State has a head-to-head win. You, I don't see how you do that. You're applying logic to a thing that logic doesn't apply to, I feel like. I, I agree. <laughs> I feel I agree. like the committee throws all logic out. Or it has some sort of, like odd logic that nobody else uses i agree and of every every team every team in the top 10 assuming we're not going assuming we're not going to have the the debate about oklahoma state and central michigan we're going to call that as like a half loss okay every team in the top 10 clemson and penn state have the worst loss being pit I think everything else, you know, you look at it. Everybody else has losses. Ohio State lost to them, lost to the team that's number seven. Washington, they've lost to the team that's number eleven. Michigan, you know, you go down the line. Everybody has deep, pretty good losses, save for you know, unless you want to say Pitt's better than Houston in Oklahoma's case. Yeah. So Which you know, I it's, would say I would kind of lean that way. So then maybe it's Oklahoma, but that's also a conference that, you know, we're not, we know, I think, again, here, we're going to apply logic to a situation that has no logic. That's a conference I think we can safely say probably is not going into the playoff. Sorry, Big 12. I I think we can say you're not going. If Clemson, if in the bizarro world of worlds, Clemson and Washington lose, who gets in? Clemson and Washington lose. So remember, we don't have the old the we don't have the old BCS rule where only two teams from one conference can get in. So right, we could have a and <laughs> we could have Alabama and three Big so Ten teams. Clems- I love it. Clems- Clemson and Washington. I think it depends on how. So okay, Clemson and Washington lose. We immediately scratch the ACC because yeah. we know Virginia Tech's not going to jump Clemson. Right. Um. So how badly does Colorado? The next question becomes how badly does Colorado beat Washington? All right, let's say they beat them by eleven points. I don't know why I just threw that out. Eleven points. I think Colorado ends up jumping in just ahead of Michigan because of the extra game, and I think you have the winner of the Big Ten title game in there. So I think you go with Alabama, Ohio State, and then. I legitimately think Colorado would be three to avoid an all Big Ten semifinal, and then the winner of the Big Ten title give it four. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, that'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. If if everything stays the same, if everything. Or, okay. Go ahead. Or I want to hear or what or. The how how far fetched is it to if you have a, even if you don't have a disaster scenario. And Clemson and Washington win. How far-fetched is it to, quote-unquote, penalize Ohio State and you move 12-1 Clemson and 12-1 <laughs> Washington? To, I was going to say this. Yes, and you move to and, four. Yeah, yeah, to two and three, and you move Ohio State down to four and make them play Alabama. Yep. Because that's the penalty for the, you know, we, we put so much weight in the conference championship realm. That's the penalty. 
Yep. I think I think that would be yeah. All right, Ohio State, you didn't play on championship weekend, so you get to be number four. You get to play Alabama. I would watch that with my popcorn. Absolutely. That's you know what that ends up that actually ends up being pretty good for Ohio State because isn't this now would be the they would avoid a second straight trip to Phoenix. Yeah. Because you're going to go to Atlanta for Alabama, so it'd be much closer for Ohio State fans. And, you know, it works out for Washington where they're like, damn, we don't have to travel. We don't have to go to Phoenix. We don't have to travel across the country. Yep. So, you know, that's... That would be the only smart thing the committee has done. Preach. Am I right? You know what? The more I think about this, the more I kind of like this idea because you're not TCUing them in the sense that you're not knocking them out of the completely. You're just saying, okay, you're still in the top four, but... We have to give credence to the to the top four, to these teams that won their championship game. But basically, you're getting the short end of the stick because nobody wants to play Alabama, so now you have to. And you don't have a conference championship game, so you ha- you do. Yep. You know that this will this will be uh, this will be makeup for everybody else. Right, and I don't think Ohio State has the offensive line to contend with Alabama this year. But I went into that game in 2014 expecting yeah to see something I didn't see. So you know, Urban Meyer with a month, I that's God. Fantastic. Yep, that is going to be. I, I I like this idea. I, I I like this. I like where your head's at. I I do. I like this a lot. You know, let's let's have some fun with this here. You know. I like it a lot. I do. I like where your head's at. Let's 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 go to you know. While we're all talking about the playoffs and who's going to get in the playoffs, the flip side of college football is the sadness. You've got the joy and you've got the sadness. Wah, and today's wah. sadness is Oregon. Uh, letting go, or maybe it's joy. I don't know. There's <laughs> probably an element of joy there. But, you know, letting go of Coach Mark Helfrich um, on Tuesday night, uh, it, was a, it, was, it was necessary. It needed to be done because you could clearly see that Oregon was not trending in the right direction. We, we all knew that, that Oregon's national championship run was thanks to Marcus Mariota and a lot of the leftovers that were there with Chip Kelly and... Um, and then, you know, when Helfrich was kind of on his own there, it, it started to go bad, especially when Scott Frost left. So, um, what do you think about Oregon? Oregon's going to go outside the family for the first time since 1976. And what that means is they've always promoted within. It's kind of a weird, incestuous scenario there. But um, well, they, uh, haven't been having, they haven't had to fire coaches either, right. you know, because you're looking at Bilotti retiring. Yeah, guys just retire or move on to other things. Right. And um, you just promote within. And so, and it's, and it's worked. For, to Oregon's credit, for the most part, it's worked. Um, but now, you know, Rob Mullen says, we're going to go outside the family. We're going to find a new candidate. Um, and there's a lot of names being floated, floated around. Uh, who do you like for this Oregon job? You know, I think PJ, PJ Fleck makes the most sense. He has the got. energy. He's, the, he's so much fun, and Oregon's fun, and they can all be fun together. They can row the boat in <laughs> shiny green Wait, and yellow. Do you move yellow. row the boat? Hold on. You moved row the boat because I'm going to go on record right now. I want to see puddles rowing a damn pool. <laughs> oh, and it works so I mean, well Oregon, with ducks. Seriously, Oregon, Oregon social media, you need to have a video right now of puddles in a lake with a canoe rowing himself. Or that's how they need to announce the coaching decision. Yep. That's like when, no words, just that. No words, just puddles rowing the boat in a freaking lake. I, I would... <laughs> I would donate to the Oregon Athletic Department. <laughs> That's it. We've all right. We, we need to get this out on on social media. Yes, that needs to happen. No words. No no text. No nothing. Just puddles rowing a boat across my screen. 
Yes, I'm tweeting it right now. I think Puddles even has a Twitter account. I will find his Twitter account. <laughs> that needs to happen because that would be the best coaching hire announcement. And that would make up for uh, the the way Oregon announced the firing of Mark Helfrich with Oregon moves in a different direction. <laughs> Come on. You fired the guy. I know it's hard because you guys don't do it often, but you fired the guy. Don't say you're moving in a different direction. Don't make it all cute. You fired him. It's sad, but you know what? It happens. You know, when guys make this much money, sometimes they don't live up to expectations and you got to let them go. It, it's not a bad thing. So if P.J. Fleck, while, while we love the idea of P.J. Fleck getting the job, if he doesn't get it, you know, we, you, know, we, you and me and our, our buddy Sam Cooper were, were on the uh, – on the text messaging going back and forth about who would be a good replacement for for uh, for Helfrich and there were a lot of names bandied about. I threw out Willie Taggart because he runs a very similar offense to the type of offense that Oregon used to run, wants to run, is trying to run. Um, so I, I think that could be interesting. I think uh, you know that's one name. Uh, Scott Frost obviously is another name since uh but is going to scott frost going back into the family i mean are you really getting away from the family if you go back to scott frost i don't know no i not really but you know is one and scott frost has done i think we also have to give scott frost a hell of a, a lot of credit for what he's done in central Florida. oh absolutely i mean he inherited a mess and boom back um you know but at the same time is is Scott Frost really the chosen one enough to, no. you know, one year? You, no, I don't think so. No, I, I think I think he needs some more seasoning. And, you know, maybe if this hire doesn't work out, then you bring back Scott Frost. And then there's obviously the, the Chip Kelly. The Chip Kelly that still hovers above the Oregon program. What is he, 1-11 and at and with the 49ers this year yes and uh and phil knight's been hanging out up there sitting in the in the box seats as a personal guest of of chip kelly just hanging out at 49ers games i don't know why anybody would want to voluntarily watch a 49ers game but you know um well it depends on the free food and the, the free- <laughs> he's he's phil knight he can get whatever he wants he claps his hands and stuff just appears this is true phil knight like is probably the guy who like carries like six hundred dollar bills in each pant pocket of his pants. It probably does. You know, just just in case he needs it. <laughs> he just hands them out to people. Here, exactly. Here, darling, go get me a drink. Uh, you know, I, I can uh, Chip Kelly. Is that is it just a pipe dream? I don't know. I mean, Chip Kelly was kind of coy about leaving for the NFL. For the NFL, would he be really coy about coming back? Would it be a step yeah, I, down? Would it be a step down for Chip Kelly? I don't think so. And I don't think he's coming. Will back. the will the Forty Niners once again fire a coach after a year? Probably not. But mm, mm, who knows? I you know Chip Kelly. I feel like Chip Kelly is not long for the NFL. I think n- n- despite his best efforts, I think he is not long for the NFL. So why not make the move now? It's a perfect opportunity. Perfect opening. His stock may never be right? higher. <laughs> or yes. Yeah. At one and eleven, his stock made him for Oregon may never be higher. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, that this is the we didn't have the 49ers and the Browns play. <laughs> Somebody's got to win. Somebody has got to win. I mean, but at the same time, though, you know, we can both find humor in this. Chip Kelly was starting Blaine Gabbard at quarterback. Yeah, God. Yes, and and so you only you get what you get on that one. 
That's all I have to say. Yeah. You get what you get. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. The rumor, the the other rumor that's been going around is Lincoln Riley. Um, Lincoln. And Lincoln Riley does not coach the Oklahoma defense, so he's a hot candidate as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be the biggest thing is finding somebody not named Brady Hoke to run your defense. Is Brady Hoke ever getting a job again? I feel like Brady Hoke's never getting a job again. He should have stayed at Ball State. He should have. He should have never left. Should have never left. Or I mean, yeah, I guess you could say he should have stayed at San Diego State, but then we yeah, would never. But then we wouldn't have Rocky Long saying crazy stuff at San Diego State. So, um, I, 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 I fully maybe endorse. this is See. maybe this is not the the realm to pick it up. But I mentioned this last night over text, and I feel like I should broadcast this in the medium. I feel like Brady Hoke and Chris Christie look a lot alike. Am I wrong? I I feel like I can't answer this. <laughs> I know. I think they they could be cousins. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just gonna leave that one there. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm just gonna let it float out into the ether. Fine. No. No corroboration. No. Nope. I'm crazy. I will totally admit this. Nope. Just gonna let it sit there in the ether of uh, I mean, Brady Hokeisms. At least he did. At least he did not. At least he did not close down bridges. <sighs> when... Just gonna leave it there. You're letting me just <laughs> hang myself. Just letting you dangle out here. I'm like, yeah. silence. Silence. Oh, poor Brady Hoke. I, I I, find it... Well, here's my thing. If if Dan Hawkins can get another job, Brady Hoke's got to be able to get another job somewhere, right? Well, Some, Dan Hawkins' six last years later, job... In, <laughs> six years Dan, later. What, and Dan Hawkins' last job in college football was not an abject disaster as a coordinator. That's true. <laughs> it, I mean, let... There's no way. I, I cannot think of a worse hire. I Like, this it, year, definitely not one that you could think of this year, but, like, in recent memory, a worse one-year hire in college football. Okay, do you – here's here's a fun fact we can play. Who was the last team this year? Oregon gave up fewer than 400 yards twice all season. Okay. Twice. Okay. Who was the last team that Oregon played that had fewer than 400 total yards? Stanford. That was a guess. No, Stanford had 540. <laughs> well, when you know Stanford's putting it on you, that's just... Uh, uh... And and coincidental, not so coincidentally, these were the only two times... This is how bad the Oregon defense was. This was the Those sub-400 yard games were the only two times that Oregon's defense gave up less than five yards per play. Oh, don't. Uh, Arizona? Did they play Arizona? Yeah. I don't know if they played Arizona. It's Virginia in the second oh, game yeah. of the season. Oh, yeah. Virginia's bad. They're bad, okay. They're bad at the football. This is this is even potentially a crazier stat. Oregon on the season mm-hmm. gave up 6.4 yards per play. Okay. If Oregon's defense was an offense, okay, and that 6.4 yards per play was their offense, or if you want to say it, any the average offense facing Oregon's defense was automatically the number 18 offense in the country in terms of yards per play. Hmm. Only 17 teams averaged more than 6.4 yards per play. Oh, God. I, how did That's so how bad, bad the Oregon defense was. Well, this is the thing. You hire Brady Hoke to be a defensive coach, and he's never been a defensive coach. And it clearly shows. <laughs> I mean, what we went back. It was like his high school, like in high school or something, like in a high school or like a 
some sort of small college. It's, it's, it's like if they hired you and I to be their defensive coordinator. <laughs> I mean, we, I think you and I could have probably held the opposing Pac-12 offenses under seven yards per play. I mean, I, like, I'm just going to throw that out there as a guess. What's the thinking behind that? I mean, he should have been firing them all. How did that even get through? How did Rob Mullen say, okay, yeah, that's probably an okay hire. Who did that? Come on now. I mean, he has no... Okay, so he was defensive line coach at Michigan. All right, so he, he was a defensive... Last time he was a defensive coordinator was 1981. He does have defensive... You know, he, he does come from a defensive background, but the last time he was an actual coordinator was 81, 82. Okay? Just, I mean, I just... They were, they were running the single wing back. I, just, I mean, come on. Come on now. He wasn't even promoted to defensive coordinator. He was an associate head coach at Michigan and still couldn't get the defensive coordinator job. That should tell you something. That they didn't think he was a good enough defensive coordinator. I don't know. I'm just saying. 81-82 at Yorktown High School in Indiana. Defensive coordinator. I bet, I bet, teams, I bet teams in Yorktown were... The opponents of Yorktown were really running the spread right I there. I kind of want to know. Five wide. I kind of want to know what Yorktown's what Yorktown's uh, record was defensively there. I want I want to know. I think, yeah, here's a question. We, can, we should call up Yorktown and say, hey, guys, in 1980 and 1981, did you give up less than 6.4 yards per play? Even better, he was the defensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. What? Well, <laughs> what? That's a, you teach the offensive line how to block your scheme. <laughs> what? <That's> brilliant. <laughs> Uh, but he would never ascended any higher than defensive line in the FBS, or not even the FBS. In yeah, in the well, in Division One. Let's go with that because of the time. Uh, yeah, never ascended any higher than defensive line. So I just yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. How much? How much do you think you could have gotten on a parlay in Vegas to to bet Washington, Colorado as the defensive champ or the division champions in the Pac-12? Probably. A lot. I mean, you Colorado was. I, mean, I wonder what it's Colorado easily. Was. It's easily the, the most. The, it's easily the unlikeliest conference championship game. I think of across the board this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I mean, pre preseason wise, because you know you look at you look at Clemson. They were considered by many to be up there with Florida State. Virginia Tech right. was not a surprise for the sim, to see them win the coastal. You know, you you go on and on and on. Um, so kind of on the lines of the big of conference championship games what do you think about the big 12 potentially um potentially saying hey we're going to adjust the schedule so that you know next year when we have a conference championship game we're not going to have oklahoma oklahoma state play each other in back-to-back weeks i mean there's only one kansas not everybody can play kansas (laughs) on the last week of the season (laughs) well our iowa state or Iowa State, right? You know, poor Kansas and Iowa State. They're like, crap. We're gonna play. It's gonna be a coin flip. But you're gonna, you're probably gonna schedule who you believe to be your best teams against those particular teams. You're gonna right. schedule Oklahoma and Texas against those particular teams. Probably place Oklahoma State against uh, Oklahoma State against Texas. Texas Tech? Tech. Yeah, I was gonna say Texas Tech. And so then you look at Kansas State, TCU, and... maybe even against Baylor because you're not gonna feel like Baylor's gonna rebound for a little bit. Right. That's that's the the middle ground is where it gets fun because you know you put okay so TCU Baylor but then you look at a Kansas State West Virginia game and you're like ooh that yeah potentially it's crazy it's it's I but this is what happened this is your own damn fault right thank you I was just gonna say that this is this is your fault you had a chance to expand you screwed it up multiple times <laughs> multiple times expansion has not gone well for you ever. 
Ah, oh, yes. Could you do you think do you think uh, the Big Twelve is pining for Colorado right now? Thinking about what might have been, what could have been, what once was, what once was. Not only what could have been, what might have been, but what once was when Colorado was winning championships in the Big Twelve slash Big Eight. And Nebraska too, because you would have had you would have had two decent teams in the North to counteract. Yeah. You know. Oh, what might have been. Memories. You know. Memories. And and, and there's no telling. Well, I don't know. I, I I don't know who Mizzou wouldn't have been much better. I don't think they could have beaten Iowa State and Kansas. Yeah. And the, I think it, and then I think it would have ended right there. They would have put a lot of points on people, but a lot of people would have po- scored points on them. So. Yeah. Um. But back to back to Oregon. We mentioned PJ Fleck. Um, one thing about PJ Fleck that that everybody okay. So Tom Herman has been taking a, a brow beating, and he was on Scott Van Pelt last night, um, talking about how people don't know me, people can't judge me. You know, with anybody with a cell phone. I think his quote was, "Anybody with a cell phone is now a reporter." Um, talking about how people are perceiving the, what his interview with ESPN about I haven't talked to anybody and whatnot and I haven't lied to my guys and and all that stuff um and people are are basically saying yes he did lie to his guys because he was going to Texas um PJ Fleck has gone on record in saying that he has told his guys that he hasn't talked to anybody and he has made some sort of mandate that he won't talk to anybody until after the championship game which was which is super smart because it's the biggest game of your career um, right now, PJ Fleck. Uh, do you think that should be the way everybody handles it? I'm not going to talk to anybody until the end, my last game. Don't call me. Don't call my representation. Leave me the hell alone until my last game is finished, until the, the final whistle sounds. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, I would love to see, and I say this knowing full well it could not be enforced. Right. Uh, I would love to see a rule basically have, we have recruiting black dark periods. Mm-hmm. Let's have a recruiting dark period for coaches from September through December. Yeah, it's not fair to a lot of these guys to have their names attached to these rumors that that they can't control. Right, you know, so I, I really with coaches having agents and everything, it's it's a different situation than recruiting. But, you know, you're going to you're looking at this and say it's not fair to the if college football and college sports are really and truly all about the kids, mm-hmm. then let's let them transfer. Let them transfer and f- prevent these coaches making millions upon millions of dollars from being quote unquote distracted. However, you want the kid prevent the kids from facing the situation where you've got a Houston team who, I, you know, I think it's impossible to say that Houston was not distracted. Or wondering what the hell was next going into that Memphis game. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and the same fear had to creep up for Western Michigan and P.J. Fleck when the rumors started coming out about Purdue. But I think anybody with – I think most people were like, Purdue? Really? Really? You know, because there were so many better options that we – that not only were, were available because Houston is a better option than Purdue. Make no mistake. Houston is a better option than Purdue. Um, but there were other options, and, and I think we all kind of felt like Oregon was probably going to open up, and that would have been the most logical place for P.J. Fleck to, to steer his attention. So when the when the Purdue rumors started kind of flashing up and stuff, it was kind of like, really? Purdue? He went for Purdue? Because I feel like that was settling for P.J. Fleck. Because um, I, think, I think most it people was. in the know felt like there were going to be better options for P.J. Fleck. 
I mean, look at it. You've got potentially you've got Oregon that's opened up and Baylor. It, it's, if you want to throw. okay, there. There was I was going to bring that up uh, as a how good just is the Baylor? I mean, just how good is the Baylor? Oh God. I, I don't. If Baylor, okay, I, maybe we have to look at it in the spectrum, the prism of this. How good is the Baylor job when you, especially when you take away the T word? Texas. If you take away the state of Texas from Baylor, if Baylor is going through what it's going through and is not located in Texas, how much less attractive is the job than it is right now? Uh, I find it wildly unattractive, so I'm not sure it can be any less attractive at this point. I mean, it clearly it clearly has merit if, you know, it's going to be able to hire a current FBS head football coach. Yeah. And a, a current FBS football coach who's in a Power 5 conference. So you know it clearly it clearly has it clearly has a shot. It's just a matter of you know if it wasn't located in Waco in one of the most fertile recruiting states in the country, are we looking at this as saying you know Baylor's scratching? And it's also too I think you you look at this job and say you have to go into this knowing you're not winning immediately because they have one recruit heading in to. 2017, and so you're going to have to completely rebuild a recruiting class. You're going to have 50-some scholarship players next year, and so this is a long-term rebuild. And you have resources, you have Texas, you can do it, but that's also in the perfect world scenario. The dysfunction at Baylor among the non... just even outside of football doesn't seem like it's going to abate anytime soon. Right. And, I mean, if Texas was a bad with all the with donors and boosters and not knowing, you know, who's actually in charge. If that was bad, oh gosh, what do we... Hmm. Yeah, I I think it's just going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see who takes that Baylor job, and then it's going to be one of those things that's like, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> no, I think there's going to be a lot of questions for that person who takes that job. Like, Sonny Dykes is, is attached to that Baylor job, and I'm going, why? Like, why would you leave Cal to go to Baylor? I know you're a Texas guy. I know I know that's where your your roots are. But I don't see that that's a better job. And why is this the second consecutive year that Sonny Dykes is trying to get out of Cal? Why does he hate Cal so much? What is happening at Cal that he's always trying to leave? <laughs> I mean, that that's probably even the bigger question. But, you know, I, Baylor is looking at five or six different candidates, according to Pat Forty, and um, I just... I'm just wondering, when you do accept that Baylor job, whoever you are, you're just going to be inundated with culture questions. Inundated with them. And you're going to have to toe the co- company line whether you believe it or not. And that, I think that's a, you know, that's going to be a morality deal. I, I, I really believe that that's going to test a lot of these guys, the morality of a lot of these guys, some of whom have daughters and wives and, you know, whatnot and... I don't know. That's just that's just a hard one for me. That that's just a really hard one for me. So, and on that note, on that somber note, let's go ahead and pick some games. Yes. I is it I'm time? All for that. This week instead of us just picking one game or two games each and just riffing on those, we're going to pick all the championship games because why the hell not? It's the last weekend. It's the last with, uh, weekend. Straight up straight, straight up with the points. Let's what do the doing? points. I'm going to I'm going to read off all the points. So, let's start with the okay. with the Friday games. You got Ohio versus Western Michigan in the MAC Championship. Western Michigan minus 19. Who are you taking? 
I'll take Ohio in the points, but fully expect Western Michigan to have an undefeated season. I just I would like to see Western Michigan cover the number and show that hey, you know, stop disrespecting us, committee. But 19's a lot. I will take the Bobcats. I'm going to take Western Michigan because while 19 is a lot, Western Michigan has only beaten one team by fewer than 14 points, and that was Northwestern. How about that? Right off the top of my head. Uh, 22-21. Yep. I am going. Ohio is the best defense uh, in the conference, but uh, Western Michigan has the best offense, and I like offense. So let's go to the Pac-12. Colorado versus Washington. Washington minus eight. I will take Washington minus eight. Colorado thrives on turnovers. Jake Browning um, had a little rough patch, but he's playing better recently. I think um, I think Washington's ability to not turn the ball over wins out here, and so Huskies by ten or twelve. Hey, again, I'm against you. I like Colorado in this game because Colorado's defense is a lot like USC's defense. It swarms to the ball. Um, I think Jake Browning had a lot of trouble with that, um, a lot of trouble with a lot of different looks, which is what Colorado can bring, and I think Colorado is going to cover, if not win this game outright. Ooh. Calling it! Calling it! Um, then, you know, if that happens on Friday, we've got even a full more 24 hours. Are you okay? We had a podcast disaster. <laughs> That's our first podcast death. Are you okay? Oh, God, Nick. I just broke my leg in the podcast. R.I.P. <laughs> well, no, we, we, so we, we were, uh, the podcast got crashed <laughs> by Penny the dog. And she jumped up on my chair and grabbed the cord from my microphone so hard that it flipped my headset <laughs> off my head and onto the ground. <laughs> Just like Harbaugh, RIP your re- yes. your head tight. So Penny, she watched Jim Harbaugh on Saturday morning and would wanted to Im- imitate him and did a very good job. That's uh, too good, too good. RIP your head tight. All right, let's finish these picks. Uh, we're gonna pick Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, just because it's the de facto uh, Big Twelve championship. Um, Oklahoma minus twelve. Uh, I. I Cowboys plus twelve. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be with this, that. and I also think I Cowboys plus twelve, and also I like the over at seventy-seven and a half. Yep, I would agree with that too. I I I'm with you. That see, we agree. Your headset falls over, breaks into a thousand pieces, and we agree. Good job, Penny. Yep, there we go. All right, the game I'm kind of looking forward to watching this weekend: Conference USA Championship. Louisiana Tech versus Western Kentucky, the rematch. If you watched the first game, it was amazing and awesome and so much fun to watch. Looking forward to something similar in this rematch. Uh, Western Kentucky at uh, 10, minus 10 in this game. I will take the Hilltoppers and Brian Brown. And I also think the over could be in play here at 81. Uh, Well, yeah, nobody thought the over was going to be in play during the first game and then second half was cray cray so uh yeah i like western kentucky too um just playing really well um and who knows could be could be skip holtz last game maybe 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 could be could be could be um all right aac championship game temple versus navy navy with its chaos hat on uh navy minus uh three in this game temple's getting some love i, I will 
you know what? I'll be nice to Western Michigan. I'll call for the upset and make Selection Sunday easy and make everybody's lives easier. Yep. I, I like Temple, too. One neat fact that was tweeted out by the uh, Navy or emailed out by the Navy Sports Information Director, Navy has the best offense in the month of November, the nation's best offense in the month of November. Temple is the nation's best defense. So it's going to be kind of fun. That one's going to be a lot of fun. All right, SEC championship game, Florida, Alabama. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen a championship game with this kind of number. Minus 24 for Alabama. Best, the best part is it's minus 24 for Alabama and the over-under is at 41. <laughs> not, I mean, the, those two are not mutually exclusive, Ugh. but just, you know, just keep that in mind when you're thinking about possibilities of oh my gosh Alabama wins by 24 so Ugh, that's unbelievable. I mean that's that's basically like 33 to 8 or something it's just it's stupid so I I know it's Florida's, hard right <laughs> right Florida's defense no makes it only lose by 20 oh I'm gonna take Alabama minus 24 because in quintessential Alabama fashion Florida will hang around Florida will hang around and then Alabama will just wear them down in the second half. Do you think the odds, how high do you think the odds are of an Alabama defensive touchdown in this game? Because you know Austin I, Appleby is going to be good for one. I, I say throw. two. I say two. Two Alabama defensive touchdowns in this game. If Alabama gets a defensive touchdown, that's, the number's getting covered. Yes, absolutely. I say two. All right, let's go with the Mountain West Championship. San Diego State versus Wyoming. Two teams that totally laid eggs last week to troll Boise State just for the heck of it. Uh, we got San Diego State at minus seven. I, this, okay, this is a game that rematch of two weeks ago, why, uh, San Diego State went for two mm-hmm. at the end. It could have tied it, sent it to overtime, went for two, lost 34-33. You know what? I'll take Wyoming plus seven and a half again. Um, they, Donnell Pumphrey has kind of tailed off the last two weeks, been held under 100 yards rushing. Brian Hill's pretty damn good for for Wyoming. Don't ignore him. I will take, how about them Cowboys, uh, plus the points, even though I think the Aztecs may get it quick. I, I like the, may win. I plus. like the Wyomings, the Fighting Wyomings as well, uh, the Fighting, fighting Bulls, um, because I think they're more diverse on offense than San Diego State is, and I think that will win out. I don't know. I'm just And it's in Laramie, and it's cold. It's going to be cold. San Diego State is, doesn't even know. It, it could even snow. I'm just making that up, but I know it's going to be cold. Uh, so I like I like Wyoming in that game. All right, ACC championship game, Virginia Tech versus Clemson. Clemson, minus 10. Or actually, I'm sorry, minus, uh, yeah, minus 10. 10, 10 and a half. Uh, yeah. Let's, I'll take the Tigers. Uh, fun fact, both teams on the season are negative in turn, turnover differential. Hmm. So um, I will take... I will take Clemson. Uh, as Wayne Gallman goes, Clemson goes. Gallman has a good game. Okay. I, I also like Clemson. I, I don't see them losing to Virginia Tech. I think that would just be uh, – I would just be stunned. We'd all be stunned. Um, and that game being played in Orlando, not North Carolina, this year. So that's also kind of interesting as well. Um, last game, the one we talked spent quite a bit of time on, uh, Penn State versus Wisconsin. The number is Wisconsin minus two and a half. I think it's a pretty accurate number, quite honestly. You know what? I, I'm, I'm got to stick with our boy Sam Cooper. Yep. Penn, Penn State. Go Sam Cooper. Yep. We are. We're. We're both gonna be on the Penn State train. Should, should we let him go to the Rose Bowl if they win? Uh. No. <laughs> 
Sorry, Sam. <laughs> no. Um. So Penn State versus Colorado. That's that's the way I see it. You see Penn State versus Washington. It's gonna be a good time. Oh no, no. It's still gonna be Penn State versus Colorado, regardless. Probably. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Win or lose? I think so. I mean, yeah, we talked about this. Um. All right. Any? Uh. I. I. I do have one other question. If if Colorado wins. And Penn State wins. Well, I know this isn't necessarily a factor, but I'm just throwing that out there. Who's your coach of the year? Cool. Colorado wins or loses? Wins. Both teams win. Oh. Or either. I don't even know if it, it should factor. I don't know if the championship game should factor, quite honestly. Because you got I here. Think, you got there. I think it's, I think it's McIntyre. From Col- because I think it's McIntyre. I think it's McIntyre, too, because that team had five total Pac-12 wins in five seasons and yeah. is now in the Pac-12 South, but wins the Pac-12 South, is in the Pac-12 title game. I, I don't think any book coach in the country has done a better coaching job. Yeah, I think McIntyre. I just want to point out before we – Ole Miss tonight, if you go to the basketball game, Wednesday night, I know everybody's going to listen to this probably on Thursday. This is an awesome deal. I'm not going to lie. I mean, granted, it was not a good football season for Ole Miss – but if you go to the basketball game tonight, you can go buy game-worn jerseys from the players for 40 bucks. What? That is a deal. Official jerseys for sale. Yes. Get your swag. <laughs> See what I, I would there? totally go find, you know, if I was an Ole Miss fan, I'd be like, heck yeah, I'm going to wear my, my game-worn jersey in the house for game days. That's right. Swag. Hashtag swag. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Dr. Saturday podcast. Enjoy championship weekend. It's going to be awesome. It could be chaos. It could be status quo. Either way, we're we're rooting for Ohio State to drop to four and play Alabama and for the Oregon Ducks to have puddles rowing a boat uh, across my uh, computer screen. For Nick Bromberg, I'm Graham Watson. Again, enjoy championship week. We'll uh, be back here to wrap it up. Go team. <laughs>